All right, welcome back in. We've got our guy RJ in. Good morning, RJ. What's happening today, well, brother? Hey, you know. All right, so we had we my reaction know. a little bit. We had Nelly's reaction a little bit. I mean, we got, you know, a couple more hours to react over it, too. But your initial reaction for the Badgers losing to the Iowa Hawkeyes yesterday afternoon, uh, their fifth loss in six games. What did you think with uh, the officiating and the calls with the final 34 seconds of the game? Nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts, we got screwed. Yep. Is that is that what I'm taking from this, RJ? Nuts and bolts, we got screwed. You're darn tootin'. Yeah, that was uh that was a tough scene, dude. I mean, you you put Iowa to the line three times for seven shots in the last thirty four seconds. <laughs> um you go to the monitor on a break to the basket where Iowa's guy got beat is grabbing Brad Davison's arm. His left arm. And to rip it away, guess what? You're not ripping away your arm by keeping it straight. You're going to crock at the elbow and pull forward. Apparently that's a hook and hold now. In um, what universe can that... Okay, hook and hold is for down low post play to protect against dangerous plays. Right. Brad Davison beat his defender, is... Cutting towards the basket is in midair. Both his feet are off the ground yep. as he's trying to collect the ball. His left arm is being held by the Iowa defender. His right arm goes up to get the ball. Yep. How, how is it a hook and hold? Right. It was a foul on the Iowa defender, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then they called the flagrant one hook and hold on Brad Davison after the Iowa players are saying, go, go, go look at the monitor for like the 20th time of the game. Yeah. Go to the monitor. It was a hook and hold. And what does Bo Borowski do? You're right. I'm going to do that. Yeah, oh, you know what? Hook and hold. I'm going to bend these guys over again. It, it's just, it's criminal. It was, it was obviously, it was criminal. Yep. In fact, you have Trice's fifth foul. Um, oh, that's, the three, oh that's getting God. called on nobody else. How is it even a foul? You know what? If you... Yeah. Trice, like, did he like touch his belly button with his like? Did he graze I love all it with these his people finger? Showing the still, and they're like, "Look, his arm is hooking him." It's like, what are you looking at? Go watch the video. Where Another can you see shot. his arm actually touching him? It was absurd. Uh, okay, I so, mean, there was a moving screen right before that. Luca so, Garza is nudging over more and more. That should have been called. I saw, but it. you put him on the line seven times, or for seven shots. Crazy, but the. The final <sighs> spread of the game at tip, seven, seven and a half, depending on where you look. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, there's your seven points. They only got five out of that. Um, <laughs> yes, RJ, yes, RJ. But that game was taken away from Wisconsin. It's tied with 34 seconds left. And you took two possessions away from the Badgers and gave them to Iowa plus seven tries at the line. Yeah, a ton of money came in on Iowa because Saturday night yeah. the game opened at five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's maybe that's what uh, Bobrowski had him at four and a half. All right, we're gonna go comment here from Greg Gard. Greg Gard, unchained, unleashed. <laughs> he needed at three and a half. Yeah, here is Greg Gard. Um, this is right after the game. Greg Gard. This is his opening statement. He's not holding back in the presser. Let's check it out from. Uh, from Gardo. People have questions about it. Is the um, mockery that has now been made of the hook and hold or any type of thing, and it, it, it appears to be have become a Brad Davison rule, where uh, it's become, quite frankly, a joke. Um, anytime there's a foul or a question, the opponents are yelling to the, the officials about the monitor, uh, to go to the monitor. I saw the play. If college basketball is headed in this direction, we're, we're in big trouble. Um, I really, it sickens me that we have games decided like this, and this is where it's at. That, that rule was not put in place for that. That was for safety of players. That was for post-play. Those type of things happen on every single possession of the game, specifically in the post. So I think it's really turned into a joke. Uh, I feel bad for Brad Davison. The kid's a great kid, plays his ass off, um, but he continues to get screwed by by this and and how the officials and, and the league – and opponents have com- continued to just call that out and, and spotlight, put a spotlight on that and deaden the ball. And um, it, it's really, it's become sickening, really. Uh, it's made a mockery of, of college basketball, specifically in the in this positions we've been in. So Gardo not um, holding anything back there. And he's not wrong. This hook and going to the monitor, especially yesterday, this game become became unwatchable. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was unwatchable of, 
just being a college basketball connoisseur of games. Yeah. Just the product of the game itself was unwatchable and was not because of the players. It was because of the referees. Well, I would say both halves were unwatchable for Badger fans. The first <laughs> half was unwatchable because of the Badger shooting. The second half was unwatchable because of the referees and their whistles. It was, it was just it was terrible. The, you knew the Badgers were in trouble when Johnny Davis, Jonathan Davis, picked Jonathan. up his second foul on that charge on Luca Garza's flop, mm-hmm. um, where he's still moving, <laughs> and drew the drew the charge. Uh, you know, I, I think, and, and to go on what Guard said there, the minute Brad Davison got vilified, is well, when... well Monty Jones, yeah, that's why I got blocked. Is when <laughs> yeah, that was two years yeah. ago. It was when he took three straight charges against NC State. And had five total in the the game. game. And Bomani Jones on ESPN came out to... He actually race-baited that one. Yeah, he did. That's why I called him out. Yeah, he he race-baited that one. Yeah, he blocked Rowdy on Twitter. He said this is the only way white people can compete in basketball. It was Brad Davison who got collected five charges against NC State. It was national news. Bomani Jones went on a tirade about how... I mean, I'll find the clips and play him of how basically he wasn't even playing basketball. He was yeah, a dirty basically player. Basically, they yeah. turned they were turning back the clocks on the game of basketball, and this was just ugly basketball. He did, he went off. Believe it or not, I was actually defending Wisconsin basketball <laughs> and got blocked. The last time I checked, it was uh, taking charges is about playing good, strong defense. Yeah, you and got to be in the right the position. Best, the best the best part ever was less than a week later. I believe it was either James Harden or LeBron James were playing in the NBA, and they took a charge, an offensive uh, charge. Yep, yeah, I remember this. And and he's like, that was good, tough defense, and it was clearly a flop. Yes. And then that was when I went off on him again, and then I got the block. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, it was two years ago that Brad Davison began to be vilified. Now, listen, Brad Davison is not a, a stranger to controversy. No, he's he's when it had comes to some dirty plays. Out. Yeah, he that's has. that's the one thing I can't get over. Like. Guard does talk about how he's been spotlighted and and now they have it out for Brad Davison. I think that is true. It, it is seems totally that true. they that they're looking at him much closer than other players, but the one thing I can't get past is I think the charges and just the the playing hard is one thing because mm-hmm. those are the guys that you love to have on your team and hate to play against like yes. you absolutely hate them. But there are two things that I can't get past when you talk about Brad Davison. The nut and it's the two clear nut punches. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, th- th- he's not a stranger from controversy and those kind of plays. But specifically yesterday, he had he did nothing wrong. Right. And Greg Gard talks about it there in the comments. Like, the referees got it out for him, which is unfair. A referee is supposed to come in with a clean slate yeah. and no bias towards any player. And the other crazy thing is people are saying he's the next Grayson Allen. Here's the thing. The refs didn't punish Grayson Allen. It was found after the fact that he tripped a guy, and then he was punished by the conference. Yeah. Nobody at ESPN went in on Grayson Allen for being a dirty player. But yet, ESPN, in-game, shows the Wikipedia page that still hasn't been edited, by the way, yet. It's, really? He's still listed as a team threat. See, see <laughs> and I, what, okay, he still what? has 2.8 dirty plays per game. All right, I'm going there right now. Uh, yeah, there it is. Position school threat. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, there's the dirty plays. Yeah, that has not been edited yet. Now, I chuckled when I saw the graphic come up, but because I'm not, listen, I get why Guard and, and Davison wouldn't like that in the Wisconsin itself well, here, because you're is, protecting an image that's Wisconsin. But why is ESPN? Exa- that's the question. That's an agenda. It totally is an agenda. That's that's somebody taking Wisconsin down a peg, and it's been like that at ESPN since Bo Ryan wouldn't let Jared Utoff transfer. Yeah. And... We all know why he didn't let him transfer, but yet nobody wants to hear it. He didn't let a guy transfer because the guy dropped a letter off in a mailbox <laughs> Couldn't even say at the athletic department rather than even dropped it off in Bo Ryan's mailbox. Yeah, well, I think he it's also safe to, to say that ESPN has been slowly dying for almost a decade now. Oh, right? I think we all know. Everyone knows that. I had to watch. Well, I didn't have to, but I did watch something else. They threw North Carolina Duke at you. This year, again, for two times. <laughs> I don't need to see that. I don't know anybody outside of the people who grew up North Carolina fans in the 90s because they were good, or anybody on Tobacco Road who really wants to watch Duke, North Carolina. 
Well, yeah, especially this year too. I mean, they, they get this. It's just it's like, ratings. I don't have to watch uh, the Red Sox Yankees every time they <laughs> play, but ESPN puts them on every time. Well, we're just a victim of being, you know. Now, don't Wisconsin blame Major League Baseball for that. I mean, we we talk a lot of crap about Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred, <laughs> but don't blame Major no, League not, Baseball I'm, I'm for that. I'm blaming ESPN on it. All right, so, I don't need to see it every time. So obviously, there's an agenda out there, <laughs> and we can pinpoint it with Bomani Jones coming ESPN out. ESPN baseball coverage is oh, lower than Bo Borowski's refing. Yeah, it's that's bad. So the agenda's out there against Brad Davison, and it's clear that ESPN has one on him, and now. It, it's clear that Bo Borowski's got one. Oh, let's see, our guy B.J. Ashelman, what's up? What's up, brother? Says, how in the hell can Borowski continue to ref every game for the Badgers? He's headed out for Wisconsin and Davison for a long time. It's ridiculous for the Big Ten to continue to have him officiate every Badger game. Uh, Badgers are now 0-8. And, and they almost have 40 more fouls per game, or fouls total, when... Uh, that'd be crazy if it was 40 per game. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, 0-7. Uh, 40... 40 more total fouls in games refed by Borowski than not refed by Borowski. Wisconsin is 0 and 7 when Borowski refs them in big time. Picked up play nine, two, two, two and two nine. And one. Because their one non-conference loss was to Marquette and Borowski was. There and their there. wins when Borowski's refing was against Green, Green Bay, Bay and Rhode Island. In Rhode Island. <laughs> uh, A couple in there. The the Michigan blowout. You can't put that one on Borowski. No, we put that on the Badgers. So you take that one away, 0-6. And, and then somebody said there was another blowout in there, but I I can't remember off the top well, of my head. Yesterday was just hilarious with Bo Borowski and the refereeing of the Wisconsin Badger basketball game against Iowa. Um, I am not – did it have a hand in the loss for the Badgers? Yes, it definitely did. But – you know who had a bigger hand in the loss would be the Wisconsin Badger basketball team themselves. Yeah, I want to ask RJ oh. a question real quick. RJ's not happy no. about it. So RJ, I think, has probably been the biggest Bo Borowski hater the earliest. Because hater after, or a realist? I'm going to go with hater at first. <laughs> because I got woke a long time you were, ago. Yeah, you were talking about it within the first handful of games. And that was when I came out and said... Hey, we should probably cross-reference this with other games. <laughs> you know, it's it's only been a, a few games. Like, this is a small, small... Yeah, mine was after, like, their third loss. Yeah. Like, yeah. Look at this! Yeah. What the... Like, this is a small sample size. Well, now it's been a full season. Yep. And a full Big Ten season. <laughs> and it's not good for and both. And the numbers do not come out well for Mr. Borowski. Nope. No, no. So I want to ask you, though, because I feel like you'd be the farthest uh, against Bo Borowski on this one. When you see those calls at the end of the game, especially in the last minute or so, if they did not occur, what would you give the Wisconsin Badgers for winning that game percentage-wise? Well, I look at it as they would have had two more possessions without those calls. Yes. Um, because you look at the look at the play of Iowa going down the stretch, and they weren't playing well at all. Wisconsin, I think, was actually taking over the game. I would have given Wisconsin still a better than 50% chance to win that game. Well, there's this, real quick, Roddy, sorry, there's this. that I saw a tweet from uh, Kurt uh, Hogg. He said, Wisconsin should have been able to hold for the final shot in a tie game, Mm -hmm. but Iowa got three free throws to take the lead on a phantom foul by Bo Borowski that he called on Demetri tries to fall them out, then a bad call on Murray fall, the weak flagrant on Davison for the hook and hold, and the no review on the elbow to Anderson's face. And then the ball was likely out of bounds off of Iowa, not a lean forward. I don't think it was likely. Like you look at that, that that was the same as like the Justice so, Winslow. It was out on Wisconsin. They could have been able to hold the ball for the final shot. Yeah, and I I'm not trying to defend the refereeing because I think the refereeing was pretty right. poor. You're down just the going stretch. off of the, off of the entire year saying we haven't seen Wisconsin be able to close out a game. Yeah, and I think personally, I think I would have given the Badgers without those calls. Of 50-50. Yeah. I think it, it clearly comes down to 50-50. Do they make the last shot if they have it last? Are they going to take a shot early and let Iowa? I just feel like it was 50-50. I can't say for a fact that yeah. I think Wisconsin was clearly going to win that game. I mean, you take right. the 50-50. I mean, either it goes oh, in or it's out. for sure. <laughs> I definitely, take that. You definitely would rather be having the opportunity to take the last shot than being down, having to chase and foul and make threes. Yeah. Instead, but, instead what happens, Demetri Trice gets a foul call to 34.3 seconds left. Yes, Rowdy? My biggest thing was just seeing people on Twitter just going off on the refereeing and, and how 
Wisconsin got screwed? No doubt. But there was a part of me that goes, you're angry because you lost again, but why wasn't there the same type of energy and anger after you just lost four of the other five? Because you weren't playing well in those games. Exactly. This was the best game Wisconsin has played in probably two months. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Uh, it was. I mean, the first half was a, the shooting lows were rearing their ugly head for the Badgers, but they but corrected they were still 40%. it. They corrected it. Yeah, they corrected in the second half though. The second half they did better. I just feel like there was so many excuses made by Badger fans on why Wisconsin wasn't playing well for the most part in four out of those five losses down the stretch, and then when the Badgers finally play well against a good team, then that's when the call had to be well less than desirable down the yeah. stretch. Well, and. You look at it. This was finally a game they didn't live and die by the three. Yeah, they were. They were taking. I mean, they, Michael they, Potter was balling. Yeah, they, they missed. Were down they low. missed a couple, and then they were like, "All right, we're done with that." And they actually ran the swing offense. Yeah, and it looked people nice. were scoring down low. Dude, how great was Crazy. it? Crazy. Michael Potter. Something about Luca Garza brings out the best in Michael Potter. Where Michael Potter's like, "I'm not gonna let this guy." You know, I'm gonna be the true big man out here. Luca Garza still got his. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Still went for 21 but Micah Potter, because two like games that. against Iowa, Micah Potter is balled out uh, against Luca Garza. But still, I mean, they come up on the bad side of the the, the win loss column. Yeah, I think there's two things in every single sport that you can't control for the most part, and that's injuries and referees, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when you look at it, Wisconsin was uh, or Iowa was fortunate that they had Boborowski down the stretch. Very fortunate. Wisconsin was fortunate that Wieskamp went out in the first half with an ankle injury, which looked like it was pretty bad because he didn't return and yeah. he was sitting on the on yeah, the uh, bench with a boot on. Because that he was also, I think, the reason when you look at it, why Luca Garza got opened up so much in that first half. I mean, he was making threes, and obviously he was five for five shooting the basketball, two for th- two for two from behind the arc. And he was opening up the floor for Luca Garza to go to work down low. Because mm-hmm. when you look at what Luca Garza did in that first half, he was absolutely dominating the first half. And he finished with 21 and 16, but those numbers weren't, he didn't score a ton and do a ton in the second half because uh, Wieskamp wasn't playing. Iowa really wasn't shooting the ball very well in the second half. And uh, they kind of shut down Garza. It, it showed that he needed a player like. Wee's camp to make threes to open it up for him to give him easier lanes. Mm-hmm. And I just think uh, the Badgers were fortunate to have Wee's camp uh, suffer an injury or else I don't think that game ever gets close again. Well, it's kind of funny. Like that, that's one of those things you're watching it and you're like, well, he's making these shots. There's what, this five for five. Yeah. yeah. There's no chance we're winning this. And then like, you blink and he's down on the ground. His ankles, like, his ankles oh, well, rolled and he's out of the game. And I'll say this: most overrated player I've seen this year, Bohannon. Oh, that guy bugs. That guy is just—he is annoying. I know. You know, I just hated him. He, he's yeah. like the career leader for threes yeah. in Iowa history. Did you see him just spike that ball down and get all pissed off at the end of the game uh, when all the stuff was going down with the? Yeah, most was, most people would get a technical yeah, they'd be call teed up for that. that. Bill Browse, he's like, I kind of oh, thought fine. the same thing when he slammed it. Yeah. I go, that might be. Yeah, I was like, where's the t- tech? I, I think yeah. even one of the players was just like, yo, where's the t-? Right. Yeah. Um, but you you look at him and. Dude can shoot. Uh, yeah. I'll give him that. Not even but, that well. But they, they were talking Against about Wisconsin. how Wisconsin and how Greg Gard was even talking about recruiting him. Honestly, Wisconsin wasn't recruiting him. <laughs> That's why the two older Bohannon brothers are now Iowa fans. Were they wearing Iowa gear yesterday? No, or? they 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 wear they don't wear. They just wear Iowa the color gear. scheme. They wear all black. Oh, okay, gotcha. So they're yeah, well, whatever it is. Like, well, to be completely everybody honest, but you two and your family go to Iowa. I get it. Yeah. Um, well, then he also th- said like I would need twenty thousand dollars in McDonald's yeah, bag even to play guys, for Wisconsin. The two Bohan- the older Bohannon brothers, not recruited by Iowa. Mm-hmm. The current Bohannon brother and the youngest Bohannon brother, I don't believe were recruited by uh, Wisconsin. So, I mean... To be fair, Wisconsin should have stopped with Jason. Yeah, Zach, (laughs) he could have stayed at Air Force. Um, (laughs) But, like, the fact people are making this a story and they're like, oh yeah, he could have been a Badger. They never recruited him. Well, I I just think the kid's pretty overrated. They flashed up that... uh, the little statistic where it was like, it's the second most uh, points scored by a trio. Yeah. Where it was uh, Garza, Bohannon, and, and Wieskamp. Wieskamp. And it was next to some players. Was it from the 80s or yeah, 90s? Yeah. Like, yeah. Regardless, like, who are these people? When they were 
really contending for national. But here's the thing: you watch, you watch Bohannon chuck up these threes. A lot of them aren't good shots. No, that would never play at Wisconsin. No, 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 no. no. They, they mean, play for France. This year and Iowa. would have. Uh, but then what didn't play was the refereeing from Bo Borowski, obviously. So it's that 34 point whatever, 34.3 seconds left. It took, my God, forever. So it was the Demi- final minute took 19.10. So you have Jordan Bohannon going up there to shoot the three. Demetri Trice is coming around off a screen. And he just literally just turns his back and Bohannon's like, all right, I, I was beat. He's going to shoot it. I'm just going to go chase down a rebound. And as he's driving by or as uh, he's running by, his arm kind of comes out as he's running. Maybe brushed his jersey. Maybe. For Bohannon. And then Bolborowski <laughs> calls the foul. And then there is the freak out. Great guard becomes immediately incensed over Bolborowski and says, Every time, Bo! Every bleeping time! It's embarrassing! You could hear it now, over the broadcast. You could? Oh, I heard it. Okay, I could. I was going to play it, but I'm like, well, like, actually, I can't play that. There's people like. Quoting him, I'm like, are they reading his lips? No, I heard it clear as day. I was just sitting there. I I couldn't hear it. It's like, every bleeping time. Garda was dropping F-bombs, S-bombs. It was, he was incensed over it. It was, it was guns blazing, dude. And then the Brad Davison uh, hook and hold happened. (laughs) And Greg Gard was just red. He was steaming, and rightfully so. The temperament was just... Steam coming out the ears as Gardo then took to the podium and went off on um, obviously Bobrovsky and the officiating. If they end up uh, beating the winner of uh, Penn State, Nebraska, and playing Iowa again, and if Bobrovsky is your uh, ref or one of the refs, Mm -hmm. you either walk off the court and don't play the game. Who cares about the Big Ten (laughs) tournament at this point? Uh, You're going to be seated wherever you're seated in the NCAA tournament. Or... You make a point right off the bat, even before the whistle. Well, get here's te- here's where I think guard, guard tell him, you know what? I'm watching you today. That'd if be funny. You screw us again. I'm gonna let people know uh, again. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Twitter is on Madison. Before we get to the phone calls here, sorry, Rowdy. Uh, Greg Guard did talk about the officiating and Brad Davison afterwards. Guard on the podium was making uh, finally making a message, and we played one clip from Guard. Here's the other, real quick. He was asked if he fears Wisconsin games will be officiated differently now because of him sticking up for Brad Davison. Well, it, I'm just trying to protect a player that is constantly they've made a they've put a spotlight on him, and I've asked the league to stop it, and it's they've allowed it to get out of hand, and and the character of the kid now with what ESPN did with their Wikipedia thing during one of the games that we had, and if it was Michigan or. Was it? I mean that that, and ESPN can issue all the apologies they want. The kid's a great kid. He's done a phenomenal job for our program. He's been a great representative of this university, and I'm just tired of him constantly getting put in that light. And it's not. It's got to stop. So I'll be on the phone. I'll be happy to take a call from the league. Uh, they they know my number. They they know where I'm at. Um, but this has gotten, like I said, this has gotten ridiculous where we've gotten TV now, um, you know, putting up stuff on Wikipedia with a false Wikipedia page. And I got apologies from ESPN. I got apologies from Bob Wischusen and Dick Vitale and the producer and all that. That's great. But they continue to take shots at at the kid. And that's where enough's enough. Um, I'm tired of it. I'm going to call it out when it happens. And I'm calling it out today. So there you go, Gardo. Finally, finally, we've been waiting for that for almost two months from Greg Gard to get some fire under his butt and to come after some of these uh, referees and or kind of give some emotion to these players that look like they're just going through the motions. And now my biggest question is, what is this team going to do? I mean, you've heard some of Greg Gard's comments. You've heard Micah Potter stand up for Brad Davison, and you even heard... Jonathan Davis. Yeah, I'll play his comments back, coming up too. Come out and back. Uh, Who's the quietest dude yeah, on the team? Brad Davison. <laughs> Doesn't so smile. Now, <laughs> is this team going to go run through a brick wall for Greg Gard now and actually yep, play with yep, some emotion? Yep. Or are they just going to roll over and die like they have for mostly the last two months? Well, I know Jonathan Davis loved it. I saw comments from Micah Potter loving what Greg Gard is doing. I saw Brad Davison obviously loving what he's doing. Everyone's like, it, as a player, it makes you feel great with Gard doing what he did in the presser. We had UFC 259. On Saturday, 
And Rowdy and uh, RJ over here had some words about it. It's for news of the weird, too, because a fight broke out, obviously, in the octagon and then moved to social media. Rowdy, the stage is yours. Yeah, so there were three title fights over the weekend, and the first one was Piotr Jan versus Aljamain Sterling. And in the fight, in my opinion, Piotr Jan was absolutely taking it to Aljamain Sterling outside of the first round. All of a sudden, the fourth round, he throws a heavy knee while Aljamain Sterling was still grounded, which is highly illegal. That's a DQ, right? Now, when the scorecards came back, because obviously he was, yes, he was disqualified. When the scorecards came back, one of the judges still had Aljamain Sterling winning the fight, which I I have zero clue how. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing was there was a little whisper saying that his corner told him to throw the knee because all of a sudden... DC Daniel Cormier was talking to Khabib who speaks Russian. Obviously Pyotr Jan is from Siberia. He's Russian. His corner told him to throw the knee according to Khabib because they thought he was up, which he was clearly down. So it was disqualification as bad as it was. Aljamain Sterling should still be the winner by disqualification as much as it sucks, but that's the rules. Because Jan was beating him up pretty good. Well, then that's when the acting started. <laughs> and, like, yeah, he took a flush knee. But Aljamain Sterling all of a sudden, like, started having the the eyes roll back into the head. And, like, he couldn't stand and walk. And he was falling over. So he's pretending to be concussed or what? I think so. because It, it really looked like it. Because all of a sudden they kind of helped him over. And normally they do interviews with the winning fighter. Well, <laughs> Yeah. He when he got the belt put around him, he instantly dropped it. Like I don't want. It this. looked like he's gonna cry and like he didn't want it. But then he said he wanted to do an interview. I I've had concussion issues. When you're concussed and you have a bad concussion like that, you don't want to be talking to anyone. Right. You don't want to be in in loud lighted places. Yeah. Well, and even with UFC protocol, he should never have been allowed to do the interview if he was concussed. You go directly into concussion protocol and are taken out of there. Uh, so just. Wanting to go do the interview, he sure. wanted to be. Yeah. And then the what camera. happened? And then when he was doing the interview, he, all of a sudden you could tell that there was some more, in my opinion, acting with like his facial expressions. And then and what happened on social media? Then Piotr Jan took to Twitter and he goes, "I apologize and wish a speedy recovery." And then he tags Aljamain Sterling. I didn't mean to throw an illegal strike. I just made made a big mistake and I paid for it. Yeah. So you know nothing about it. Everyone says you know whatever. Well, then on Instagram, Aljamain Sterling and one of his uh. One of his uh, training camp partners, who's also a ranked fighter, are putting out on on Instagram pictures of them taking shots, and he's got the belt around his shoulder. So they're partying. And they're out partying. They're partying yeah. their asses off after he's allegedly after, concussed. Yeah, but then get this: when he was taken to the hospital for his concussion stuff, he passed concussion protocol, yeah, he so he never had a concussion. So he's acting pretty, all words. And then yeah, he he was flopping. He was like like some of the stuff he was doing. Yeah, initially he got up and I think he was a little dizzy from a, a little, knee to the little head. woozy, yeah. Um, but after it was that, over the top. After that, you ever seen those things where you see guys just uh, like doing exercise from the fifties yeah. where they're flopping to yeah. their back and forth yeah. and all that? That's what he was doing. So and you're he looking was, at it, you're like, he was right, acting, it, acting. Yeah, it's become a little of like over the top right now. But but he's he's now the champion, and who was? And then that was when it really DQ. got interesting. But, I will say, after an illegal knee, the match should have been stopped no matter what. Yeah, we had to put a ball on what happened for the UFC. It was UFC 259, right, Rowdy? Yep. Mm-hmm. UFC 259, the card was incredible. There was a, t- a million good fights on there. Rowdy went, what did you go again? Yeah, I went 12-3. and 12-3 and three gambling, betting on uh, the Razor's Edge with uh, UFC 259. Well done. Was there any prop bets of what would happen on social media, though? No. So what ha- what happened yeah, on social media? Yeah, so we were talking media? about how the illegally hit, you know, the, a lot of the acting, and Piotr Jan put out an apology saying he made a mistake and he paid for it. Yeah, because he got disqualified for an illegal knee to the face. And then all of a sudden, you see later that night slash early morning, Aljamain Sterling and some of his uh, guys that he works out with from his gym partying, putting out pictures on Instagram of them taking shots and out there, <laughs> and he's got the belt around his shoulder, and he looks nothing like he looked during the quote-unquote interview or after the knee hit. And Piotr Jan then quotes, because, uh, well, first, 
he commented on one of the Instagram posts yeah. and just with a clown emoji. <laughs> and then another one of his, his partners, who's also a UFC fighter, put out a picture of those two. And it says hashtag and new as in new champion. Yeah. And put a picture together. Piotr Jan quotes the tweet and says, glad to see champ is fine now. <laughs> because he was like acting like he was all woozy from a concussion yeah. when, he, when he cleared all protocols. And, and then they put on another one because Henry Cejudo all of a sudden showed up to this after party <laughs> or where these guys were getting together. And Henry Cejudo, for people that don't know, is the guy that held the belt at 125 and 135. And the reason why Piotr Jan had the belt is because it was vacated by Henry Cejudo once he retired. And Cejudo was basically the king of those two weight classes. Yes. And all of a sudden, Aljamain Sterling and Cejudo are in each other's face. This is less than 24 hours after supposedly being concussed and, you know, knocked out and woozy. And it's them being in each other's face and Aljamain Sterling saying, all that talking stops when he's face to face with me. We can do this fight next instead. And he tags Dana White in it. So now he doesn't even want a rematch with Piotr Jan. He's already trying to call out Henry Cejudo out of... And, uh, and wasn't he the one that didn't want the belt because he got he went up through DQ? Like yeah. he, act, he acted like Originally, he didn't want it. Then the snake of all snakes, TJ Dillashaw, <laughs> who was a former 135, 125 champ. Got busted for PED. Yeah. Banned for two years. Hell yeah. He just came off ban in January. EPO out the butt. He's loaded to the gills with PEDs. He's calling them out, talking about how now he's in lines to be the champ. Well, one, he can get in line. He's about third, fourth, fifth down yeah. in line. <laughs> and two, you haven't fought in two years. Why are you even relevant right now? That is funny, And dude. So then they're obviously it, then Cejudo calls out both of them and that was that was the best part yet I, if i could <laughs> told dillashaw he's never been good since he decided to shoot up that's hilarious dude so so there's like all these guys just going at it on social media and, and the best part about it was some of the tweets because you just see how asinine <laughs> a lot of these guys are mm-hmm. like i was well, what social media does it brings out all the idiots so so the, well, the only one who doesn't seem like an idiot right now is Peter Yan. The guy who got DQ'd <laughs> yeah, for the illegal yeah, name. The, yeah. Who owned up who's like, yeah, I apologize yeah, for I apologize. And everyone I'm sorry. else is like, my corner said I could do it, and I did it. And then, so, so you have Dillashaw coming out of nowhere, and then you have basically everyone crapping on him because why are you talking? <laughs> and then you have Aljamain Sterling going back and forth with Piotr Jan about basically... He knows he yeah. knows that he was acting, but now he's trying to duck Piotr Jan. Yep. So, and then Henry Cejudo comes. I don't know why Henry Cejudo is now. Don't in the you picture. love and hate social media? It brings out all the drama and everything. <laughs> but to RJ's to RJ's point, Cejudo comes in on social media and goes, "Hey Jan, you need to come back to save this division, or you need me to come back to save this division. That knee was more illegal than T.J. Dillashaw's urine." <laughs> Aljo. <laughs> Your defense was worse than the Capitol building. I'll make all you bend the knee. Legally, of course. Hashtag you all suck. That's hilarious. That's What a cherry on the Sunday right there. So there you go. A lot of drama from UFC 259. So, so me personally, I hope that uh, Aljamain Sterling runs it back with uh, Piotr Jan. Yeah. And Piotr Jan gets it done. Demolishes him. I had Sterling in that fight. He won because of an illegal knee. But Piotr Jan was dominating that fight until that knee. Yeah. And then after that fight, I want to see Cejudo fight Jan. So there you go. Because now there's bad blood there. All the drama from UFC 259. And Dillashaw can still get lost. <laughs> he can go take his PEDs. What's up, Joe? How we living, brother? What up, guys? What up? Hey, so, uh, Joe, Joe, one, one, one second, Joe. One second. I just got to do this. All right, sorry. I had to throw someone else on hold. All right, Joe. What's on uh, your mind today, brother? I just want to talk about that UFC stuff. Um, I know uh, Rowdy was a little... Uh, a little tough on Aljamain. Uh, that guy's a stud, and he ripped through the division. Right, hang on, hang on, real quick, Joe. So uh, Saturday, UFC 259. The yep. guy that we're talking about, he won through disqualification because uh, Peter Jan threw a illegal knee, and then he got the belt. Didn't seem happy about it, and then he was rowdy. You said what? He was acting, acting. <laughs> I think there was a little bit of acting because he looked pretty fine afterwards. Now, I'm not saying he shouldn't have gotten the belt because, unfortunately, it was an illegal knee, but uh, yeah. that was a tough scene afterwards. All right, so, Joe, now the stage is yours. It, it was. Uh, I agree. I, I do agree with uh, maybe he was doing a little acting, but 
Uh, man, if someone knees you in the head like that when you have two feet, two hands down on the ground, that's like the most illegal thing you can do. The ref was in his uh, in his little workout office or whatever locker room before the before the fight, telling him that this is a tough commission when we're out in Vegas. It's two hands down. You do you hit him in the head, you're done. And and Jan knew that before the fight, knew that and. These guys cheat all the time. Look at those guys that get hit in the nuts. They get five. They get five minutes to sit back there and be like, "Oh my god!" When they have a nut cup on, <laughs> and and they sit back there and say, "You're gassed." I've seen tons of fights where guys are gassed and hey. they get kneed in the nuts, and they get five minutes and they sit there, recover, and go beat that guy's ass. Now, Joe, I have to ask you, bro. Uh, have you ever been kneed in the nuts when you had a cup on? Because it still is very painful, uh, especially when you got a big set. I think in baseball I might have gotten beaned in the balls once or twice, but you know I don't really remember that pain when you're in the moment. But and I was like probably like twelve. Yeah, so you really <laughs> yeah they haven't really fully dropped yet. You know you're still waiting. No. I just I think all Jermaine, you know, going these guys, these UFC fighters get punched in the head all day, and then they go out and you're in Las Vegas and you're supposed to go back to your hotel room and cry about it. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever cried in Vegas. Uh, well, maybe if you lost a ton of money, did you ever cry then? Maybe um, you never lost a ton of money, so maybe you had. Maybe that's. Why. I haven't really lost a ton of money in Vegas, but I know I've never cried out there. So, <laughs> um, so you're saying Rowdy's just a little too harsh? Uh, maybe a little bit, but overall, that's, that's par for Rowdy's his course, good. Rowdy's a good guy. Yeah. He, he tries. So yeah. uh, UFC 259 overall, a uh, big success for you, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I was a little disappointed too in the. Uh, the Izzy and uh, is that Jan fight? Jan Blackowitz. Yeah, it would, uh, overall though, I would say probably the most underperforming of the card was the pay per view. Yeah, the, everything that you could watch on uh, ESPN two or ESPN was that was a hell of a prelims you know, and early prelims. You know what you guys didn't talk about is that one guy. It was like in the prelims or the the regular prelims where he was beating up that guy and talking about how he Ooh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. beat his girlfriend up. Oh, you guys dude, that, that was wild. Yes. He was beating him up and he's like, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I hear you beat, like to choke your girlfriend and beat her up. Yeah. So dude, it was crazy because he was taught, he was literally beating the crap out of that guy who was the woman beater. Right. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, how would you come at me? He's beating his beating his ass. He's beating the woman beater's ass. And then ESPN like muted it. It's like, dude, he oh. is literally taking on a woman beater and whooping his ass and you're muting him talking smack. It was insane. I know. I, I loved it. It yeah. was great. But well, they Joe, shouldn't have muted it. Yeah, so. I know. Joe, always a pleasure, brother. All right, guys. Have a great day. I'll see you March 27th. Yes, sir. At the uh, at the at the golf event. I love it. See you, buddy. Yep. Later, guys. Zach Heilprin, our sports director. Zach, good morning. Good morning. Question for you. Mm. <laughs> mm. How was your weekend? Fantastic. Better or worse than Greg Gard's? Better, but not by much. All right. Not by much. I, mean. <laughs> I may, yeah. yeah. Why, why? Why is this? Why is this? Did uh, did your did your new puppy like eat your shoes or something? What happened? No, I, I may or may not have dropped a, a beer in my computer, and oh. uh, yeah, it's done. It's no, done no. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, Zach. yeah, oh. not 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 ideal, not ideal. But again, <sighs> still better than Greg Gard. My God. All right, Zach. We'll we'll remedy that situation when you come into work. What's gonna cost more? His fine or your new computer? That's a great question, Rowdy. Ooh, I think his fine is gonna cost slightly more. I think it's probably gonna be I just saw the Penn State coach got fined ten thousand dollars earlier or the, the university got fined. I don't know if he'll get fined or the university will get fined. I'm guessing I'm guessing the university will, but um yeah, ten thousand dollars. So <laughs> probably uh probably uh, his his fine's going to cost a What kind of beer was it that dumped in your computer? I'm from Wisconsin, Evo, so I had a Miller Lite. That uh, boy, Zach. And it, and, it, and it fell in there. Okay, yeah. so many people I'm were wondering, sure. many people, speaking of beer, many people were wondering if Bo Borowski was drunk during that game when he was calling for the Badgers. Um, let me ask you, Zach, I mean, it's the thing that's talked about the most, obviously, is the last 34 seconds of that game that seemed like it took, like, freaking two hours. My God. Mm. I don't even know where to begin with this, Zach. I guess let's start it with what happened first with 34.3 seconds left. Jordan Bohannon uh, is uh, f- fouled, allegedly, by Dimitri Trice. Your takeaway on Trice who was just running by, did he foul Bohannon? Obviously, Boborowski thinks so. What was your takeaway in that foul from him, uh, Bohannon, shooting that three? It was absolute trash, and 
Greg Gard's wallet has to be happy that he had not seen a replay of that call because I imagine he would have been even more upset had he done so because uh, he, he said he had not when he was asked about it after the game he said he had not seen it yet mm. he said he would watch it on, on the on the uh, bus ride home so it was it's a it was a trash call very very good job by Bohannon selling it um, you know considering in the last minute of a game you're going to call a little ticky tack crap like that. I mean that that's a bunch of BS. I mean, he he did he have his arm on him? Yes, but did he hold him? Did he push him? Did he do anything? I think he grazed his jersey. Yeah, did he do anything that would have affected a shot to the point where he did the splits and and uh, almost fell over? No, uh, it was a it was a horrible call. But it was it's exactly what you would expect uh, from from a senior like Jordan Wilhannon to to sell it and, and Bobrovsky. We've seen it time and time again with him in Wisconsin games. Uh, the, the calls rarely go in Wisconsin's favor, and certainly Wisconsin is not alone in that. I mean, uh, Michigan State and Michigan fans started a petition to get him fired. Uh, Bull Borowski, correct? Yes, after after their game last week. Uh, and I think uh, they had like 200 and some odd signatures when, uh, when the Wisconsin game happened, and I think a few hours after that it had about 700. So um, <laughs> certainly Wisconsin fans probably jumped in on that. It was it was a horrible call. Wisconsin fell to 0-7 in Big Ten games. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on. We're, oh, I'm sorry, 0-7 hey, well, of Bobrowski? Yes. Oh, yeah, sorry, uh, continue. Big, continue. Big, big Ten games, Big Ten games that Bobrowski calls. And so, uh, and a lot of those games have been against the better teams in the conference, so I think that probably needs to be noted. But uh, they're 14-3 and this year when he, when he doesn't ref a game. Wow. But he doesn't ref their game. All right, so Zach, Bobrowski, obviously, uh, first that call on Bohannon with 34.3 seconds left. That was uh, egregious. And then the one guard did see, because I heard guard, you know, there's a mic that picked up what Garda was screaming on the court, and it was a lot of obscenities. I can't say it over these airwaves because the FCC will find me. Uh, just like the Big Ten is going to find guard. But then, Zach, can you explain this to me? Um, and I don't know if you can or not, because it's, 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 it boggles the mind. It is Brad Davison who is you know attacking the rim. He's, he's cutting towards the rim, and he gets a, a pass in. And as he leaves his, the ground, he jumps in the air to collect the ball. His right hand tries to grab the ball, and his left hand tries to go up to grab the ball as well. But who was holding his left hand? Was it Murray, what, the Iowa guy? It was... Brad Davison's left arm being held by the Iowa defender who was clearly beat as Brad Davison was cutting towards the basket. No one was in danger. Uh, there was no safety concerns in this. And it was then a foul called on Iowa, but also a hook and hold and a flagrant one on Brad Davison. How in the world and in what universe is that a hook and hold that was called by Boborowski? Well, it's in the universe of Brad Davison. That's that. That's where it's at because he he the rule was put in three years ago and it was not for plays like that. It was for plays in the post. It was for plays that were perhaps dangerous. I think I, I went back and looked it up and, and, and read about it more of it because uh, I was interested uh, in the 2018 Big Ten, uh, NCAA tournament. Isaac Haas, you remember that big yep. big uh, yep. guy from Purdue? Yep. Someone hooked held and pulled him down to the ground and uh he broke his elbow like he uh fractured his elbow and that was that was the impetus for the rule and that's why it was put in the in the uh in the rule book largely put in the rule book um the the year after that and brad's been called for it before uh and most of them have been in post plays that one was not and i don't think anybody was in danger in that spot he definitely does clamp down on the arm i, the, I think that's it's not like he got pulled down uh, on the arm. He definitely did, but I don't. I don't. I guarantee. I mean, that is not the type of play that was. It was initiated for the rule was initiated for that. It just wasn't. And Brad. I mean, I. I don't know how you. How in the motion of going up to catch a pass, you, you know, legitimately in your mind say clamp down and hold on this guy's arm. He's so he in the. the he's like, in the that, air trying to collect a ball yeah, that's like, passed I to him. I, I just. I just don't know how I, I don't know how that goes through anybody's mind like that quickly. And I'm going to do this and hold on to it so that he can't get it, and I'm going to uh, potentially injure him in the situation. Like I, I, I don't think that there was any danger there, but obviously the Big Ten referees disagreed. Um, it, 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 look, it was a trash call, right? Like it was, a, it was a bad call, and yet um, I think you know Wisconsin still down three. They managed to get the jump ball, and so the situation. There was a few more few seconds left. There were there were less time on the clock. 
but they got the ball back and had a chance in the same exact situation they were in before that. So um, that one, I, the, the, the Trice call was ten times worse than, than the, the hook and hold, in my opinion. It was it was just brutal. And then you know there's the Aleem Ford and the Bohannon. What were I thought it was out of bounds for Bohannon, and they called it you know on Aleem Ford. So yep, there was that one. And then there's and there's also on the jump ball where you know they were able to grab it and hold on to it. Jason or Jordan Bohannon shoulder goes right into Trevor Anderson's face yeah. and and there's no review there like no. you reviewed every every time you reviewed all this other stuff the reviews need to stop the, re- the, 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 re- the re- it, it was unwatchable Zach it was it was yeah. literally the last minute unwatchable the last minute took 20 minutes i did not tune in three- to watch Borowski throw his uh you know his, his 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 balls around trying to make the game about himself it was disgusting yeah no it was i, I completely agree and there were there were uh, ton of questionable calls, but the, the idea of going to the review every single time, and I would agree with Greg Gard. I think any time a play involves Brad Davison, the uh, the officials are as the officials. The opposing team is calling it out. The Big Ten, and he, the Big Ten has allowed it to be that way. And well, ESPN, I, I mean, Greg Gard called out ESPN as well, who put that graphic I, up uh, about I, I Brad Davison. I've never seen that. I don't, I don't either. No, I, I, rem- I, I saw it. I remember it clear as day. They flashed it up on the screen. I don't remember seeing it either, but I went back and watched, and yeah, they did. Yeah, no, I'm saying and they called I, him a school threat saying. and a dirty player. Yeah. I mean, this is. Yeah. I mean, listen for me. I, I chuckled. I chuckled when I saw it because I'm like, oh, haha. But then once you step back and think about it, it's like, well, this is ESPN. They're supposed to be yeah. impartial when they air these games and you know announcing them. Well, no, I, not even that. Just the the whole narrative, and that's what Greg Gard was probably more upset with than anything. Is you you've got a narrative, and part of it has been earned. I think uh, you know for Brad certainly on a, on a few plays, but definitely, but but those are fan bases that yes. are calling him a dirty player, yes. right? That it is that that, and even some Wisconsin fans have have agreed with that. But that was a a media company coming out and putting up a fake Wikipedia page saying that he averaged two point three dirty plays per game. Like and, that just, was, and it said school threat on a broadcast of the game. It's it's insanity. That's, that's just pathetic. Is it's pathetic? And I I. I I got it. I can't listen to Big by Town anymore, so I probably had the sound off, and so I didn't really. Uh, but it's awesome, baby. I just can't do it. So I like, I like Dickie V. That, but that's so I had not seen it before. I, but I would be. I would have put my lid much close, much earlier than, than Greg Gard did with that BS. Have you Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now? Zach, now afterwards, you were in the Zoom conference, obviously, because you're covering the game. Have you ever seen Greg Gard like that ever in a in a post press conference? I mean, I, no. I've been in every, whether in person or on Zoom or listening, every single post-game press conference he's had in his six years since that December night where Bo Ryan <laughs> uh, uh, quit or uh, you know retired mm-hmm. after the game. Uh, I've been in every one of them, and that's the, that's the most, uh, I don't want to say demonstrative, but certainly his message was as uh, fierce as it's ever been. And it's not like he was ranting and raving all over the place, because that's not him, like, his his going off is about twenty five rungs lower than than uh, a Frantrum uh, with uh, <laughs> with Fran McCaffrey, but what he said uh, certainly was very very um, fiery. The, 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 the fiery. message was fiery. Yeah, fiery, even if even the message was fiery, even if the tone perhaps wasn't as much as it was when you heard him uh, on the telecast taking Bobrovsky to task. So uh, I have not, and I I. It was probably overdue for him. Um, I think a lot of fans are probably happy that he did it because uh, they've watched uh, they watched Bo Ryan for how long and uh, him going after officials on the court like that's just not. Did you ever see sorry, interrupt, Did you ever see Bo Ryan do that in a post game interview press conference? I, I've seen him question officials in press conference. The, his, one of his last best press conferences at the at the Final Four in the national championship game, he talked about it afterwards, saying, "You know, we're the least." Uh, fouling team in the country, and, and he's he did it very under the radar type of stuff. Like he didn't he didn't do what Greg Gard did, saying uh, Brad Davis is getting screwed by the opposing teams in the conference and the media and and all that stuff. But Bo Ryan would do it slightly, and 
you know, was never fined for anything he said. So mm-hmm. he, uh, Greg Gard's about to have one up on him on that. All right, Zach Halpern joining us right now, sports director, recapping that loss to Iowa. Uh, obviously, Bolborowski having a hand in it. But Zach, I mean, you got to look at the Badgers in that first half, the shooting woes, right? I mean, it's not, it's not, they didn't lose specifically because of the calls late in the game. It was, no. you know, the team themselves. That's who I blame first. Um, they did show a little more life in the second half. Zach, moving forward, what they'll play now, whether the sixth seed in the Big Ten tournament and play the winner of who? They'll get either Penn State or Nebraska on Thursday night. I, I personally think the second half is a huge thing to build off of. Yes. The first half was, was horrible, and the game itself may have been out of reach if uh, if not for Joe Wieskamp going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was off to a 5-for-5 five five start and was, was, had them up by 11, I think, when he went down. So, I mean, I, I guess that's the point of it. But I thought the offense in the second half, and, and Iowa's defense is not very good, but hitting some of the shots that they did, getting, you know, Michael Potter went off. You got uh, twice late going off. But <laughs> Real late. It, it, yes. It is a very, very good sign, I think. The last two games have been uh, a good sign in the way that the offense is is uh, is working towards I mean because they get a ton of open shots. Yes, it's starting to get um, get better. Yes, to a, a ton degree. Of, ton of open sh- a ton of open shots. They didn't hit them in the first half. They did in the second half. They went seven of thirteen from three in the second half, and uh, that I think they shot forty six percent, forty six point seven percent for the game. Yeah, and that uh, was their second best uh, since early January. So I think it's, it's a good step in the right direction for them. All right, Zach, we'll finish this on, on another you know high note besides in the right direction. How about this, though? I think I put it together. You must have spilled your beer on your computer when you watched Wisconsin hockey win the Big Ten on Saturday. Yay or nay? This was at, like, midnight, so probably not. So you're still celebrating but, hey, Wisconsin hockey winning the Big Ten. That's what it was. Congratulations to the Big Ten, Big Ten hockey team. I should say uh, Wisconsin hockey team. Big Ten champions for the first time. This is their fourth conference title ever, the first one in 21 years. Huge. 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 And, and on Sunday, women's hockey, too, getting done in the WCHA. Bleed Chicago. Yes, they did. Now they go into the NCAA tournament, I think, as the number two seed. Going to get that another national championship. Love it. Zach, sorry to hear about your hey. computer. We'll start a GoFundMe for you, all right? Yeah, appreciate it. All right, see you, buddy. Good stuff there. Yeah. All right, there he is. We got an update. For Mount Notice. It's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, before we give the updated Mount Notice, Rowdy, who was on the previous version of uh, Mount Notice? A couple guys that uh, no longer are employed by the Green Bay Packers. Yep. You had Sean Meninga. He's fired. He got canned. You had Mike Petton. He got fired. He was also asked not to come back. Yep. And then after that, we also had Brian Gutekunst. Oh, Sorry, I missed one. We had Nate Reavers. Oh, yeah, Nate Reavers was on there, correct? Yeah. Because, yes, sorry. So the original one, remember, we made it with Sean Meninga, Mike Pettin, uh, Christian Yelich, and and, Nate Reavers. No, Brian Gutekunst. Oh, Brian Gutekunst, excuse me. Then the very next day is when Sean Meninga got the axe. (laughs) So then we had to update it, and we went with Mike Pettin, Nate Reavers, Christian Yelich. And Brian Gutekunst. All right, so there's an update. Nelson was uh, last night up on Mount Notice, chiseling, chiseling away. We'll get to the update, but first we got to go to the phones quick. I said, "Hang on, Ron," and then Ron, yeah, listen to the great interview with Zach Halpern. But now he's back. Ron, what's up, brother? Hey, so uh, yeah, that, that was a crazy. Well, the second half yesterday took forever. Oh, Ron, Jesus, man! I thought that I thought that it was going to be nighttime before that game was over. It started at eleven thirty. It took uh, like three hours in the last thirty seconds. I know if we would have played better uh, the first half, we probably would have won. But what I, I thought we were going to win the game when Davis hit that three pointer to put us up by four. Yep. I. I thought we were going to win it. Then. And then Bo Borowski reared his ugly head, the referee. But, uh... Frustrating, like, frustrating run. Seems like there's been a few games uh, this season where the officiating has been kind of garbage. Ron, the officiating and, and the shooting and the officiating makes a man drink. You know what I'm saying? But, uh... Right, it was a great... Uh, 
It was a great weekend for hockey. And yeah, how about that, Ron? Badgers and uh, men's and women's hockey getting it done in their respective, you know, Big Ten and WCHA. Love to see it. Yeah, well, both both teams, the men and women, have a good chance of winning it all. Yes, so. indeed, Ron. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Hey, Ron, we're going to update Mount Notice. Uh, any more pearls of wisdom before I let you go? Oh, I am. Uh... You know, I'm I'm 66. Uh, next month I'll be 67. But uh, those uh, fights with Ollie and Frazier uh, yeah, are three of the greatest fights that ever, ever, ever happened ever. Yeah. And, hey, Ron. Well, happy early birthday. Happy really early yeah. birthday, my friend. Yeah, tax day, April 15th. I'll be 67. So. Man, the government, Uncle Sam is going to reach into your pocket, steal your money, and then uh, not even wish you a happy birthday. Unbelievable, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> see you, buddy. I'll see you. <laughs> All right. All right. If you, if you hear the sound right here, that was Nelson last night. He got out his jackhammer. He said, I, I got to resurface a bunch here. He put the chisel away. And he took out the jackhammer as he was up on Mountain Notice, resurfacing. Rowdy, how are your hands sore today? Your, your shoulders sore? Your back from that jackhammer? I'm definitely seeing the calluses. Yeah? All right. I see you picking at your hands. You got the calluses going. You got the jackhammer out. So, Nelly, as you're up there resurfacing Mountain Notice, who's on there now? I'm a man of my word. I said if the if the Badgers finish the season just one and five in their last six, I'll put Greg Gard back up there. So Greg Gard has now rejoined Mount Notice. What? The original member of Mount Notice. He's a founding guy. Yeah. He's back up there. We also have Lorenzo Kane. Low Kane? Took the year off last year. He's coming off one of his worst seasons as a professional in 2019. And from all reports that I'm hearing. Hasn't looked too good in early spring. Has now, Craig Council obviously is going to say and be as upbeat and positive as possible. But from what I've heard, not looking good. I also wouldn't mind if after acquiring Jackie Bradley Jr., they got rid of uh, Lorenzo Cain. He's now on Mount Notice. You have to stay with the constant <laughs> Christian Yelich here. I mean, you're a, a former MVP who just looked sick up at the plate last year. Yeah, How many good. former MVPs turned around and within the next year or two were batting 205? So you still got Yelly up there. That's, still, the, that's the head turner. Still have Yelly up Yelly's there. Yelly's the gotta, real head turner for Mount you Notice. Can't, you can't do what he did last year. He's got to be back to an all-star level performance for the Brewers or else the Brewers could be in trouble in the next 10 years. And then finally, Brian Gutekunst mm. because Goody's got a lot of decisions to make here and very important ones all over that roster coming up with free agency and the draft. And uh, he's going to have to do a pretty good job or else the uh, Packers might not uh, find their way back to the NFC championship game. But yes, the new members are Greg guard for Mike Petton, because obviously Mike Petton was not asked back by the Packers yeah, he goes. and Lorenzo Cain officially took Nate Reavers spot because Nate Reavers might've, uh, been the worst person ever put up on Mount Notice. And when I say worst person, it's he didn't get off of Mount Notice because of how well he played. He got off of Mount Notice because I've officially written him off. He is just what he is now, and that's just not very good. So there you go. That's There's the sounds to Anelli just putting the final finishing touches on Mount Notice. As, uh, did you tweet it out? I did. It's tweeted out at Rowdy underscore Razor if you want to see the new uh, re resurfaced Mount Notice. It was the jackhammer late last night, and then he's putting the final touches with the uh, the little chisel right now. I'm just going to bring this up because I feel like it's worth mentioning. Greg Gard was the first person to ever go up on Mount Notice. And he worked his way right off of it. Yes, because if you remember correctly, we put him on there. It was after they had lost. This is how I came up with the idea yeah. and put him on there right after they lost with back-to-back uh, -back games to New Mexico and Richmond. Yep. They then ended up turning around that season and winning the Big Ten regular season so let's see, Greg Gard's back on Mount Notice. Well, and if you remember, do you remember who I put late that year on Mount Notice? <sighs> you got to remind me. It's another four. It's another Badger coach, different sport. Tony Granado. Oh, 
And what happened? The very next year, they turned around and they just won the Big Ten title. Badgers just won on Saturday. It was lit, dude. We're going to hear from Mark Strobel, our guy associate head coach, on Wednesday with Barry Richter. We're rowdy. Mount Notice is... So you either, you either really step it up and win titles... Or you're like the Mike Pettins and the Sean Meningas of the world <laughs> and, and you get the door. fired or not asked back. But I still think the very worst person to be on Mount Notice is Nate Reavers because you were the only reason why you got off of Mount Notice is because we've officially written you off. Yeah. So and you never want to be written off. No, Mount Notice Rowdy is what? Mount Notice is, hey, we notice you've been slipping a little bit and we want you to do good. So it's time that you, I don't know, step it up and work your way off Mount Notice. Greg Gard's done it in the past. Other ones have done it, but in the bad sense, where they were fired, like Meninga and then, obviously, Mike Pettin. Or traded away like Eric Bledsoe. Tony Granato worked his way off of it. They just won the Big Ten. All right, before we get to the Razor's Edge, as Nelly is just crushing... What, four in a row right now, Nelly? Yeah, we're going for five. It's all coming together, my kind of team. Mitch and Madison, though, thanks for waiting on hold, brother. What's up, Mitch? What's on your mind, my homie? Let's go get that money, Rowdy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing our, hey, we're doing our best because we are going to really slum in some low-level uh, college basketball tournaments here. Hey, uh, if, if, uh, as long as the money is green, that's all that matters. Who cares? Hey, they don't ask how, Mitch. They just ask how many. Exactly. Hey, so in terms of the uh, Mount Notice, I'm with you 100%. Nate Adam Woodbury 2.0 Reavers doesn't even deserve to be up there. Um, and, I mean, these athletes, they should it's, – it's like when you were a kid, what did you not want your parents to say? You didn't want your parents to say how disappointed they were. Oof, the worst. Uh, Mount, Mount Notice is like you think the players are decent and they're good players, and you expect more from them. So when they get put on Mount Notice, they should use that as motivation to play better. Exactly. Thank you, Mitch. Exactly. How That's it is. Mount Mount Notice is a motivational technique for these people that are struggling. It's like, hey, we want you to succeed. We're just helping you out. Be like, yo, we noticed you slipping a little bit. It's like when your guidance counselor in school maybe pulled you aside, like, hey, your grades are suffering a little bit. Is everything okay? We want you to do good. That's what it is.